Mike, turn your games down. Hi, right, we another What Are You Playing episode of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's playing some games with me tonight? I am the Let's Play Princess, Phoebe Stanton. You can find me on YouTube and Twitch. And this is definitely not the Father of Rovers, <laughs> definitely not the, per- the Cajun Crippler, definitely not the most famous man in Iceland. Coming to you to- Oh, wait, wait, wait. You said, what are we playing? Oh, man, I thought this was a Tomb Raider episode. Uh, <laughs> Soon. In a few more months. This is uh, with, his we- with his YouTube channel, Rich Kale, on YouTube, and various fix over on various sites like fanfiction.net, a archive of our own, Comic Vine. And I am the resident transgender man and asexual queer dude of the podcast, Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. And where can people find you at? You can find me on Blue Sky at chibiufo.bluesky.social.com. I apologize if I messed that up a little bit. You can find me uh, sometimes, not as often as other places, posting on Twitter at UFO underscore Canada. And you can find me posting random weird pictures of stuff on Instagram at chibiufo. Twitter, Instagram, all the, I will always call it Twitter. Fuck you, Elon Musk. It's Twitter. I agree. <laughs> yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, hey, until he changes it, well, even then, even if he changed it where Twitter just was a dead site and didn't redirect you, it's still, it's still Twitter. So, <laughs> I, I will, I will then name that thing every day long because fuck that guy. So, <laughs> our Lex Luthor, our dumber version of Lex Luthor in, in the real world. So, <sighs> right. And the way I got to start every one of these is I've been snapping all month again. So. I'll get that out of the way. Still playing Marvel Snap. Still loving it. They suckered me in last month. With, they had a couple of bundles, and I watched my money. I watched $30 go, pew. I'm like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't help. I mean, hey, it was actually some really good deals. <laughs> Either, I mean, but the game, you don't have to. Like, I, I tell everybody, you don't have to spend money in the game. I just, I love the game. So I, I, I give them some money when they give me good bundles, and I get cosmetics, and I get cool shit. But the game is still fun they keep addressing it there was about a month it's a nice month actually for me because i had uh, where the blob just dominated the game there was two car- there's a two card combo you could do where it was almost like play cards win game and i had both cards because <laughs> i i have i spent money on this game so i had the two cards and i i was just going to town with my blob deck but they they realized that it was an issue and they fixed it they which was the right thing to do Still, they didn't nuke him. He's still playable. But, like, the game just is great. I mean, I keep playing. We're currently... Oh, God, what the hell? What season are we even in? I play every damn day, and I can't even I can't even remember. We're in Planet Hulk season, so we got a bunch of new cars. They put Meek in the game for, you know, all those that love Meek, which is probably not many. The little insect guy from the Thor Ragnarok movie. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's in there, and I, you know, I like him. I, I got him. He, you know, but they, they keep trying different things. They keep improving the game. They always listen to feedback. They they make it that you can get a lot of the cards out spending money. I mean, I think you should just do the season pass if you're gonna get if you're gonna spend money in the game. Don't do what I do. I will always stress that. But you know, the amount of entertainment I get out of the game, I'm willing to when they when they offer me good bundles, I'm willing to throw some money down. So I've been hearing that the actual good video game card games, like the actually good ones, are the ones that allow you to get the cards without having to spend any money like i know uh, you can't so so apparently in marvel snap you can do that and i know in uh the current Yu-Gi-Oh card playing uh video game you can also do that so kudos to those uh developers and uh kudos to those two games for doing that and not having that predatory bullshit no it's not there's no gotcha system i mean there is a thing called spotlight caches where 
every week you have four different cards you can get from there. But you know, one, they publish each month, like, here's what's coming, so you can save your resources, not to mention the fact that people data mine. We have all that information. I, I have graphs, or not graphs, but I have charts of what's coming saved on my phone every every time, so I can know, okay, I need to save up for this, or I don't give a shit, so I can just, you know, not have to worry about it. Like, little things like that. And they do a good job. The only thing that people were pissed about is they used to data mine the, the bundles, like the, the money bundles to see what, what was going to be the value, how much you spend, stuff like that. And they took away that, and people are really upset. I don't personally care because if they made the bundles more expensive, I would actually be happy with that because then I wouldn't spend any money. So please, please, uh, second dinner, make them over $15, $20 so I never look at them because when they're 10 or 5 or $10, I can get suckered into it. 20 you're past that You're past that grab point for me where I'm like, okay, I can. I don't need that. So, Are you sure about that? Yes, because I passed up a lot of good bundles of $20. Okay. <laughs> And 30. There's a really good bundle for a, a for a 30 that I wanted. I'm like, no, no. So, yes, I'm sure. 10 is like, I can, I've done 15 a couple times because I'm a sucker for Black Widow. And they had a Black Widow bundle for 15 with a really cool Peach Monaco or Monoco variant and, and good amount of credits and stuff or currency. And I was like, fucking A as I hit purchase. So, yes, they can get me. But you raise it too high, then I'm out. Like, I'm just, I'm not willing to do that at one time. I mean. Will I spend 30 bucks over the course of a month over three different bundles? Yes. But if you don't do that, then I won't do it. Again, you gotta, it's gotta be the tricky thing. But yeah, no, I love the game. I mean, game's still great. I play every day. I don't give a shit if I win or lose. I think that helps me too. Like I could, I just don't care. My whole goal is do the missions, get through all the missions that come out each day, each week, each weekend, get all the, get all the currency I can get and then just save it up and do what I want and play the game. And I just happy like that. So I'm actually upset lately because I don't get pixel variants anymore. A lot of people who play the game will bitch about pixel variants. I love the ugly pixel variants, and I'm upset that they're almost never in my shop because I own so many of them now. So they don't get anymore. Okay. How many cards have Scotty Young variants? Probably a lot. There's a lot. I have oh, a couple. Crap. But I don't really care for the baby variants with Scotty Young. I have a couple, but I'm looking at two in my shop right now. Every day there's a shop that, that fluctuates. You know what, Phoebe? I'm going to send you a picture of Baby Juggernaut. Oh, no. Baby Juggernaut? Scotty Young is all the, the child Can I see Baby chat, Juggernaut? I'm a big fan of I Hate Fairyland, so it's fine. <laughs> yes, I posted it in the chat, but they just have lots of variants. I, mean, I still recommend people play the game if you like card games. Play it. Don't spend money. Just play it. Have fun. Don't give a shit if you win or lose. And it's just, it's, I mean, it's I love it. Like, this is the only... I've never spent money on a mobile game like this, and I wish I could say I wasn't, but you know what? I'm having fun. I get a lot of hours into it. I play 10 hours a week on average, so, you know, I'm getting my money's worth. Oh, that She-Hulk one is awesome. It is. I didn't buy it. I had I actually had the opportunity to buy one variant today because I had saved up enough I saved up enough gold, but I bought a, a Nihilus variant because I didn't have one for Nihilus, and because <laughs> it was cheaper. Well, no, I don't know. I, okay. I didn't care about the She-Hulk. I I love both of these baby pictures. They're so cute. Oh, yeah, that's the, Scotty Young's artwork in a nutshell. Yeah. I have a Professor X baby card. or It, that is, it looks like Kelvin and Hobbes. Oh, my oh, God. So good. I'm going to have to screenshot that and look it up. But no, it's just a fun game. Play Marvel Snap. I don't think anyone else plays, so I think I'll stop with the Marvel Snapping. But that was your snap for Game of Mouth Hobbes. The only way he'll stop doing Marvel Snap is if he if Nintendo buys it. Yeah, you're not wrong. <sighs> I'm not too worried. I mean, I'm just enjoying it while it lasts. Because there was DC actually made a card game too to combat Marvel Snap that will take a, not combat but take advantage of it, and it died within three months. 
Doesn't oh, it's already dead? Yep, Dual Force is already dead. Oh my god. Yeah, it just came out, and I don't think it... It didn't last long. Like, it, it's still out there, but they already announced they're done with it. So, I mean, again, I'm sure somehow, some way, Warner Brothers like, what? I can't charge everyone who plays the game a dollar every hour they're playing? Fuck that game. You know, I'm sure that's what Zazlov was thinking when he heard it. I mean, <sighs> hey, Multiverses is coming back, so that way everybody can pay for stuff a second time. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't get into that one. Yeah, no, I was really tempted to, like, not pay for it, because I'm, I'm already being suckered into one, but I was really tempted to download it and play it, and then I heard pretty quickly, like, they're like, yeah, we're shutting it down. I'm like, what? How are you? Yeah, they're killing it February 29th of 2024. God, what was the release day? Because I know it isn't. It's Google. Help me. It came out October 17, 2023, and gets shut down in February 2024. Holy shit. It didn't even give it a chance to live. Well, to be honest, I think some of their choices for quote, I mean, first off, I think they were pre they ran on the hype of somebody saying that they should put Shaggy in the Mortal Kombat. I mean, that game got taken off too. <laughs> that you're referring to not Mortal Kombat, oh. but the game that had Shaggy in it. It's coming back. Okay, but I believe you, Phoebe. I know that's what they it. said. I just don't trust Warner they until were... they until Warner Brothers gets rid of Zaslav or whatever the hell that guy's name is. I don't trust them. Well, let's but let's look at it. They had they had characters from cartoons, characters from Game of Thrones, characters from Justice League. They didn't know what the frick they were doing. Welcome to Warner Brothers. I mean, was like Velma versus Anya Stark versus Wonder Woman versus Superman versus. Darn you want to play a fighting game with with Wonder Woman, <laughs> Superman, Injustice? Boom! There oh, I do want to play that for the show. Find a copy of DC versus Mortal Kombat if you want to throw Mortal Kombat's in there, which is considered canon. Multiverses isn't that bad. You're making it sound like it's worse than it is. I played it and I <laughs> thought it was all right. I somewhat liked it, but I thought the game controls were really fucking floaty and slippery. Like it really bothered me. I just don't like Warner Brothers in general lately. I don't. I don't. I don't think they make good business. Yeah, it sucks because they have a lot of like things that I really enjoy. They and do. They've, as a movie studio, especially they've put their hands behind a lot of like fucking legitimately great movies and it's just like it really breaks my heart and like pisses me off and bothers me that like David Zaslav has just been so terrible as a CEO and like crapping on so many things that had so much potential. I'm sure it will catch up to him eventually. I'm so. just glad that we're getting one of them back because everybody boycotted the decision of turning Coyote versus Acme into a tax write-off. <sighs> <laughs> well, they well they can't sue the actual person who put it in there that Coyote can uh, that Wiley could never capture the Roadrunner and must always order from Acme. Um, Richard, what is something that you've been playing? Well, let's see. I just recently finished one game that well we'll be talking about next month. But I've also been working like for my channel. I fin recently finished a Plague Tale Innocence. I'm actually very thankful I got that done because all those damn rats were really starting to get on my nerves. I also been working. Well, let's see. I got, at the end of December, I did get Super Mario RPG. I had only played that in emulation before, so I already made a little progress in it, but I can't, I've been uh, sort of, that's uh, sort of going on the back burner, because I'm uh, experiencing some Zelda again, too. <laughs> that's just here's the kingdom won't let go, huh? Or is it Breath of the Wild? I haven't got that yet. Are you going back to Breath of the Wild? No. Oh, yeah, talking about the, he just <laughs> 
You act like I write the schedule and keep track of it. God, you better keep track of it. I do. <laughs> I forget. I mean, I'm, I'm already on. This is like the eighth episode I'll be on this year now. <laughs> oh, there'll be more. Who, who are we kidding? <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I got I. Let's see. I've been start. I've actually started playing an old game I tried before years ago. You know, back when dinosaurs ruled the earth and the internet was not accessible <laughs> to everybody. You know, back in the nineties when dial-up was the thing. Took you five hours to download one mm. picture. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I started playing Descent. Okay. But I've never got through that game. I, don't I know got what Descent is the premise of the game. It's an old game. Oh, uh, I found it. Set in the future. Uh, you are a what is called a material defender. You've been hired by this big company that's pretty much the only government on Earth. And several of their mines all over the solar system have gone silent. And all the machines and robots working in the place have started turning against everyone, taking the humans hostage and all that. And you go through with your aircraft or, you know, your spacecraft. You must... Take out the robots. You must rescue the hostages. You must destroy the reactors and escape. And all these objectives are, quote, priority one. It's pretty good for the fact that it came out in the mid-90s. And you're flying around. You've got a true 3D map. You got to remember which way's up and all this. It, it's, diff it's different. I just hope I can get past level seven this time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the only issue with some of the old games. They're hard. <laughs> yeah, and I'm playing on one of the easier difficulties. <laughs> that's what I would be doing. Of course, now with a better computer and all that, I should be able to do better on it. <laughs> but also, like for the channel, I'm enjoying uh, working my way through Bendy and the Dark Revival. Oh my god, when I played it earlier uh, this week, I got freaking spooked. I was not expecting the Ink Demon to talk. It's like a horror game. It's a horror game, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. A cartoonish horror game. <laughs> I forgot well, about like, it. Yeah, it's, it's done in the, well. A 12-year-old was talking. No, is she 12? No, she's old enough. She was like 14, but she was telling me about it at one point. Yeah, I mean, the second game is set like I think years hard. after the first one. You sort of also learn that the whole realm that you were in in the first game is actually a cart like a like a special living cartoon. And you get pulled into it again. Your new character, Aubrey, she gets pulled into it by this rather strange fellow named Wilson. Convinces her to help him start the machine. The ink machine. And now you're trying to get out. Man, I was not expecting that damn thing to talk. Yeah, this looks freaky. Just from what I'm seeing right now. Like, okay. And the voice. Who? I like, before the ink... Yeah, the ink demon in the first game was scary. But... It wasn't necessarily, in my opinion, you know, crap your pants scary. Giving it a voice like that, oh my god, that scared me. That 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 did startle me. Like I'm like, this thing can freaking talk now. When the video premieres, you'll be able to hear me say that, like uh, something like that, at least. <laughs> all right. And I'm, al I'm also working my way through Tomb Raider Legend. Oh, I was gonna say, I wonder why, but yeah, that's not for my for this show. <laughs> not yet. You're going to get us playing that. I know you're going to get me and Cody playing that. I am, because I want to replay that. <laughs> so, Good yeah. game. It was. Yeah, I played it a long time ago. On a PS then again, besides enjoyable. Angel of Darkness, find me a bad Tomb Raider game. Yeah, yeah I, I suffered through Angel that. of Darkness. I'm glad I, I, one, I'm glad I finished it. It's now 
done. It's gone. I can say goodbye. Bye bye, Angel of Darkness. <laughs> it sounds there. <laughs> I heard that there's a there is a a book or somebody doing a book or did a book, and I'm like that might make it. But they're also doing it for the planned trilogy, so I wonder what they got hold of. Are we getting a new trilogy? No, I said somebody's working on. Originally, Angel of Darkness was supposed to be the start of a trilogy. Oh. And somebody has novelized Angel of Darkness and is working on what would have been the other two games in that trilogy. Hell yeah. More Tomb now, Raider. Well, there's the, re, uh, the next month is uh, the uh, re, remastered of the first three games. They should have put four in there because Last Revelation is so good. Yeah, that was a fun one. All right. And Phoebe, what are some games that you've been playing? All right, I have to pull a weird one right out of the bat. So this week, I played through the entirety of and S-ranked a free game on Steam called Kanagi Usagi. It is so per- <laughs> it is so fun. I hope that they add more to it or make a sequel. It is very much, you start out in this small little tutorial room, you fight a boss, learn the mechanics, and then you are just in a small hub area, very much like the ending of a Mega Man or Mega Man X game. There's eight little shrine things you can go to. Each one is a door to a boss. Do them in whatever order you want. And then once you do the initial eight, a ninth one, which is the final boss unlock. How do you spell that? K-A-N-N-A-G-I. And then Usagi, like Yojimbo Usagi. Yeah, that's why I thought that. I I wanted Um, to look it up and see what it was. So now you're probably already thinking, well, she said Mega Man. Is it... Does it play like a Mega Man game? No, this is one-to-one. The boss fight's from Sekiro. Ugh. It is, All the thing is, that you were talking about in Discord. Yeah, it, it is parrying, taking out their stamina meter. You have a stamina meter. You get S-ranked based off of if you healed, if you beat the boss under two minutes, etc., etc. My total completion time for that game is about 13 minutes. But my actual time in that game is probably around two hours. It is so fun, though, and now I'm extremely excited to play Sekiro. Okay. Looks different. Yeah, it, it helps when you, you know, have bunny girls on the front of, the, of your thing. You're like, okay. Yeah, it's all anime girls, but it it's really, really good. Trust me. Okay. Uh, no, another game. That, no, continue. Don't continue. <laughs> I was going to say, another game that I've been playing this week. Uh, I played the demo for a game called My Father Lied. Right. I, I came home on Monday from work and there was an email from the developer going, hey, would you like to check out my game? And it comes out later this year, but it's very much a point and click exploration puzzle game, kind of like what Mist used to be. But there are some quality of life changes that I have not seen in that type of genre so far that I hope Triple A companies or companies that still make these type of games like Cyan Worlds uh, take to heart. One of which is if you've played a puzzle game, you probably know that the note system, once you finish a puzzle, your notes stay with you forever. So you'll have like 50 notes by the end of a Resident Evil game. No, if you've completed the puzzle, you don't need those notes anymore. So we're just going to delete them. Mm. Okay, that's not bad. That's cool. Looks nice. I thought it was really cool. That he shot at you all the so. puzzles are are super easy or not super easy but they're all in their small little rooms it's very much like an escape room you're not going to have to worry about going 20 rooms down to 
get the password for a puzzle from 20 rooms before. It's not, you know, crazy open world like Ribbon or something of that manner is. It's very from each location to the other and saw that thing. But from what I've played of the demo, the plot seems really interesting and is based entirely around Mesopotamian mythology. Oh, yeah. So I'm really excited to see what comes of this. And I've already told the guy like, hey, is it okay if I record a video for this, which I did. And since then, I definitely plan on getting this game when the full release comes out. You'll probably get a review code at this rate. But yeah, that's awesome. That's definitely neat that they're using uh, Mesopotamia. Yeah, that one. That's not something you see. I like Mesopotamia type history because there's a lot of cool lore with, or maybe not lore is the right word, but there's a lot of cool stuff with that. So History. You kind of said it. You said it the first time around. You said said it. History. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Lore is more video game, but not, yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Okay. And Kyle, what is something you've been playing? Well, January has been kind of a weird and eventful month for me for being the very beginning of the year. Well, to start things off, uh, at the end of December, I decided, because I'd never actually completed it before, and uh, I played a little bit of it, before, like in a couple of, just, you know, a couple of minutes of it and a couple of batches, attempted playthroughs, I finally played through and beat Parasite E for the PlayStation. And I started at the end of December, right around Christmas Day, and I completed it in about beginning to mid-ish January. And uh, something happened with uh, the beginning of January, along with me attempting to do some gaming this month. I got COVID, so hooray! That was fun, except it fucking sucked and I hated it, and I can't wait until it's completely gone from my body, and I'm going to advise everybody, get your... uh, Get your uh, get your booster shots and wear your mask. I know it sucks. It's not always the greatest, but I don't want any of y'all to get sick with COVID. It sucks. Anyways, right after I got COVID, about a few days in, I, I, I didn't really like sleeping, even though I usually sleep when I'm sick because I was having breathing problems. So it's like, okay, well, I don't like sleeping at the moment. So maybe I'll see if I can have the energy for video games. And lo and behold, I did. And I, I managed to beat Parasite Eve while sick with COVID. And that was a nice little, a nice little moment for me. It really made me feel accomplished, even while sick. So it felt like, hey, well, at least I can still play video games. So I did that. I just want to say I'm proud of you for doing that. Like I saw your post, oh, and I, you. I'm glad that you got to experience yeah, that game you. for the first time. No, of course, yeah. Thanks so much. I played it before in like tiny little batches, but like I just never had it in me to really put the effort into completing it. So I was like, no, you know what? Fuck this. Uh, you know, I'm 33, let's get out on the road, let's get going, you know, so let's try to actually put the effort into this and see if we can beat it. Stop it, right there and never play two or three and you're all good to go. Yeah. You should play two. There is no third game. I like third birthday. The series is kind of sad, I don't know, it, it's such yeah. a shame because that first game is so fucking good. Sorry, uh, my, my apologies for my French, uh, Mike, I know you don't usually try to have too much, uh, you know, cussing, but yeah, anyways. Uh, okay, then. Well, thank you. Anyways, the, the first Parasite Eve is so damn good. It's it's such a, like, just, so, like, once again, so damn good. Like, the combat is so much fun. Like, it doesn't seem like it's anything special, but it really is. And, like, your gunplay is really addicting. And, like, the way you can upgrade your weapons is also really satisfying. Just, like, playing with numbers and, like, putting shit together to make some sort of ridiculous, like, super gun. It's... Excellent. Like, it's it's so much fun. It's 
it's somehow like almost like 30 years later. It's not going to be 30 for like another good couple of years, but like, you know, <laughs> like, there. Tw- it's 20 something you know, years later. I'm sorry. I can't math. I'm stupid and I'm s- still sick. So, you know, don't get on me. Please You're don't. Right. Please don't. Please don't at me. I will cry. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. 20 something years later. And it's still like extremely satisfying to do. Just really solid game. There's some flaws in it. I really feel like if Square Enix is really going to go with this whole boom of like remaking stuff, I'd love to actually see a full-fledged remake for Parasite Eve uh, from the Same. ground up. I think I think they could make something that's like damn good into a masterpiece if uh, if they do it right. Keep the same, keep the satisfying gun combat. Like, don't change that. Add some more defense options for Aya. I know some people I think say Aya, but I'm pretty sure it's pronounced Aya. Add some more defense options for Aya, and maybe have some speed adjustments too for Aya's like running speed. Otherwise, like the game is still really, really damn good. And I had a blast with it, even when I was sick and beating it. That entire lost, the last boss phase is uh-huh. oh god, oh, oh god. Did you get um, did you get caught in the hallway when when the thing is chasing you? Yes, I okay, got. So you know the horror twice. what they do to you then. I'm sorry, I think yeah, everybody gets that. I, at least I got. Once. Oh god, I didn't. I got, I got lucky done, a couple times. I, I got. It, I had it happen to me twice, and by the, the third time, I. Start back and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna look this up. I don't fucking care anymore. I'm getting tired of this. So I looked up. I'm like, oh, okay, you know how to do that. Okay, you gotta push the thing. I'm like, okay. So I did that, and then I beat the game. Now I haven't actually gone back for New Game Plus yet, but I'm going to. The game was fun enough, really warrant that. So I will report back. I'm gonna try to do the uh, Chrysler building. I'm gonna see how far I can go in that. I'm. Not expecting myself to beat it, but I just want to see what I can do. Look up um, a guide, though, because yeah, I might. There's some confusing stuff to it. I've never done it, yeah. but I looked it up. Yeah, there, there's an extra story up there too, which is I've, sad. I've heard it's it's really really tough. So like I've already faced some tough stuff in that game. I played through in late December, early to mid January. Yeah, Parasite even I loved it. Moving right along. I gotta be honest, I apologize. I actually haven't played much new, new games. I've been working through, I've been slowly working through Like a Dragon Ishin through Xbox PC Game Pass, and I really love that game. It's a lot of fun. I'm happy that Sega finally gave a samurai-based Like a Dragon game. They finally gave that a go over here, because I know they've been a thing since, like, PlayStation 2, like, like in the early days of Yakuza, so... Samurai? Yeah, like like a dragon Ishin, that's the okay. samurai game, and uh, there have been there have been samurai yakuza games before. This isn't the first one. This is the first one to hit North America. Excuse me, folks. I'm just taking occasional deep breaths. Um, You're good. Anyways, yeah, like a dragon Ishin's uh, still a lot of fun. I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm going to. I'm just taking my sweet time. I love just playing a meaty yakuza game and just beating people up. I it's just it's fun. <laughs> it's uh, I always just really soak in the those games i really take my time but um it's a good game lots of fun uh let's see what else i've been toying around with a couple of new emulators on my hand i have a couple of different ways that i do uh, retro games i have some consoles i have a mister that i have and i love it and i've been playing around with that too a good friend of mine who's total sweetheart uh was really sweet to me and for my birthday got me a mister last year and i'm in love with it and i love playing around with it and really just seeing what I can do with it, and it's uh, it's been great. But uh, anyways, 
One of the other things that I, I do use for retro game stuff sometimes is emulators. And I've been really looking at, like, what are the optimal... Well, I, I would say optimal in quotes, like, what are the best emulators in the sense of, like, perfect emulation? And, like, do they feel good to me? And one of them that I discovered is a multi-emulator called Misen. Now, um... I'm going to give everybody a possible content warning. The creator of Misen, it's a bit of a sad story. He, they, went by the username BYU, B-Y-U-U. Unfortunately, a couple of years ago, they, they took their own life due to some really bad online bullying. But what they left behind was, yeah, the multi-console emulator Misen. And there have been some fan re- re-edits to Misen to make Misen X. And I've been playing with Misen X, and I've been playing it through a couple of different games to test out the emulator. And one game that I've actually fallen in love with is uh, another RPG, uh, but it's an older game. It's for the Famicom. It did get a fan translation. In fact, its remake got a fan translation, too. The game is for the Famicom. It's developed, well, it's not developed by them, but it's published by Data East. It's called Metal Max. How are you talking about? So the game is... Now, this is going to sound weird because this game came out before either of these franchises ever existed, but the game is basically like Fallout or Borderlands, but if they were a JRPG, like, (laughs) it's a post-apocalyptic, like, Japanese role-playing game where you have, like, your battle screens and all that stuff, and what the basic plot of it is, like, because the game actually has a really simple plot. You're a, quote-unquote, a bounty hunter who's kicked out of his house by his dad. After he tells his dad, like, hey, dad, I want to become a hunter. Your dad's like, you're a useless piece of shit. Get out of my house. Like, this literally happens. Like, his dad is really abusive, kicks him out of the house. So he starts his new life as a hunter. And what you do is basically you slowly start from the beginning. Not slowly. You start from the beginning and you try to get some money to get weapons, like guns and Stuff like that. And then from there, you start to look up bounties for notorious criminals. And then from there, you try to build up a team. You can get tanks, like you can get army tanks and like military vans and everything like that. And then you start to form a team and then you go after these bounties. And that's the game. Like that's literally the game. And I've really fallen in love with Metal Max. And that's pretty much been the rest of my January. Okay. I've been taking. I, I've been playing a couple of miscellaneous other little games, just kind of random stuff. But like, since uh, you know, like, not to sound like a broken record, but you know, dealing with the COVID stuff, I've been playing a lot of comfort food stuff. You know, I've, I've been playing a lot of the Mary, the Mario's, Street Fighter, just you know, just really good comfort food. Oh, and by the way, um, I actually uh, started this in early December, but I'm really also taking my time with this as well. I've actually made a pretty good amount of progress in Super Mario Brothers uh, Wonder, and it's fantastic. I love the direction they went with for this game, and I love that you can literally, like, play as almost any Mario character. Like, you can have Princess Daisy and Princess Peach. Like, good. Like, have all the girl characters. Have all the Mario characters. Like, I want to play as Toad. I want to play as Mario. I want to play as Luigi. I want to play as Yoshi. I want to play as Peach. I want to play as Daisy. I want to play as everybody. Like, have all the fucking characters. Like, the more the merrier. Yeah. Like, whatever. Yeah, I like, had just all the characters. I won't ever do that, but I would have, like... Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Maybe if ROM hacking comes into the scene. There you go. I will someday. Uh, 
Yeah, I'm sure it will. But yeah, Mario Wonder is also fantastic, and I love it. It's it's just damn good classic Mario in the best way. And that's just about pretty much all of that I've played for January. January's been an interesting month. Not the start that I was expecting, but it hasn't really been all bad or terrible as much as I whine about it. Have, uh, I've been able to get some good... Yeah, I've been able to get some good gaming in, and that feels great. It's always good to get gaming in. Agreed. I will. I'll, I will always say that. Like you know, when you yeah. when you're sick. Like when I had, I once. I remember one time I had to get a root canal because my tooth was in terrible oh, pain. God. Oh. And I remember I stayed up that night because I couldn't sleep and just played Mass Effect 2. So, and that's always stuck with me to this day that I went and stayed up and played Mass Effect 2 all night. Oh, and Richard, what are some other games you've been playing? Do you anything else you want to mention? Well, I mean, like I mentioned, some of the ones I've been playing. I mean, there's all the games I play. I for the channel are what I've been working on. Like I'm enjoying shot, like shot, working on Risky's revenge of the Shantae series. Those are great. Oh yeah. I mean, I actually only, I played the third one first and I, since then I, uh, hunted down. Well, let's see. I got two and I got the, all the games except the first one on, on GOG. Right. Or maybe Steam. All, I have the last one on Steam. I, I'm I don't sure they're all, like, they're literally all on PC now, so you can, like, play everything. I love well, that. yeah, on PC, all you gotta do is find a ROM for the first game. Well, actually, you say that, but I'm pretty sure even the first game got, like, remade. Like, I'm pretty sure it did get remade. No, it hasn't. What? Oh, okay, never mind then. I'm sorry. Yeah, the first, the first one... Well, let's face it. The first game came out on the Game Boy Color just as the Game Boy yeah. Color's life cycle was over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you you can play it on Advance, yeah. but it makes it kind of hard to find it if you want to play the whole series. Sure, okay. You find a ROM emulation. Yeah, okay. But it's a very, it That's is a very good game. I, I'm okay. enjoying it. I get laughs out of it. I mean, Shantae is beautiful, but also naive. I mean, some of the jokes that they put in those games is like, I mean, Tan Line Island. I mean, I'm playing through mm. the third game, Tan Line Island. And what happens? You know. These, you know, this, desert, this desert tribe, their princess goes, uh, actually went to the store. <laughs> and so they're capturing every lady because they think it's their princess. And when you see the princess and compare them to Shantae, Sky, Risky, and Roddy, it's like, how can you how can you confuse the 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 hourglass type figure and the, the pronounced measurement type figures with them with a character that is best described as big beautiful woman? <laughs> or once again, you know, you know, for kids. Sure. <laughs> oh, don't worry, we'll get there. I mean, it oh, is. I can't wait, I, Phoebe. I can't wait. I'm working on that the second game, and that's kind of fun to play through. I also just recently re- uh, finished the third Larry game, and I've started on uh, the fifth. And I Wait, like hold... Leisure Suit? Leisure Suit yes! Larry, yeah. Oh, yes. I'm a big fan of those games. I mean, let's face it, when I when they came out, I mean, guys talking at school about it. That's one of the first times I heard about what happens if you don't do the, if you do the nasty with the hook or without <laughs> protection. And how his, how his, his hooey who go... <laughs> <laughs> It's just funny. I mean, Larry was, to me, when I was in school, I didn't feel confident asking asking girls out. I was also the kind of guy that, you know, as I would put it, if I would put in a comedy routine, there were two circles at school, me and everybody else. Yeah. 
I get that, 100%. Cute. Yeah. Of course, I get told later right in life that some of these people, they just didn't know how to approach me. Because I just seemed, in a in a, in a sense, I was so, to a lot of them, is like, he's so much smarter than us, but how do we connect with him? And they either, it's like, why bother connecting him with him when we can make fun of him or something like that? Mm-hmm. A lot of those That's people. High school or school. Yeah, that, but a lot of them is like came around. I mean, I had a one guy, you know, I was so conscious of myself. I wore sweats in my gym class. And then when we played this game, that was like baseball, except you can have as many people on a base as once, as long as you get home, get to the home base before your next time at bat. And it's played on wrestling mats. So uh, I had an ability. Some of the everybody else did because I'm wearing sweats. I can slide. <laughs> Wee. Yeah, and I slid into every base, and they're like, you know, oh, it's rich. Get close, get close. Yeah, when you can't hit the ceiling on a fl- uh, by hitting it up, and if you hit the ceiling, you're out. Hit above a spot on the line, you're out. If to catch it, you're out. So I just bam, hit the ball down, hits the ground, bounce. I bolt. They run for it, grab it, turn around to hit me. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? And then I pop up behind the guy guarding first base, like he's on first base, huh? How do you do that? They see me slide. Well, oh, I can do that, too. No, you can't. You can't slide in shorts on a wrestling mat. Why did he make me think of that freaking skit? Who's on first? That's what I'm asking you. Yeah, it's like they, 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 if they tried it, it's like, yeah. ah, new pain, new pain, new pain. <laughs> but yeah, Leisure Suit Larry's been a favorite of mine. It's, it's sort of, I looked at it like this. If Larry, a guy whose fashion sense is stuck in the 70s, in the dating scene at the end of the 80s and the 90s, with the mindset and of someone possibly even in the 60s, can get a girl and usually lose her, but he manages to get with her, how hard could it be for a schmuck like me? And I also enjoy the humor in the games. I know it's not serious. I mean, honestly, some of the, th- the stuff that's happening to Larry is like, freaking serious? You honestly freaking think that would work? I mean, but I also found out recently that one of the that the last video of the playthrough somehow when it was compiling it crapped out at the end or something it got stuck. So they hear me talking about it in the end. It's like it's like I thought that was an Easter egg. Like, oh shit! I don't know what happened with the compilation of the video, but uh, yeah, but it's a, it's a, it's a fun series. It's as long as you don't take it seriously. It's meant to be a jab at the dating life of the time. And even the more modern game, more recent games still take jabs at the dating life. And like I said, you can't take Larry super seriously. It's a product in part of it. It takes the humor of its times, but still good game series. But kids, if you're listening to this, it's not for you. <laughs> hey, I played I not- Larry when I was like 12 years old, the first one, but we couldn't figure out how to get very far. Oh, yeah. And actually, and like, well, the first game was actually also was also originally a remake, remake of a Sierra title text adventure called Soft Porn Adventure. <laughs> wow, that's so blunt. <sighs> well, could be worse. It could be Custer's Revenge. Hey, yeah. that's actually on this podcast, by the way. There's an episode of Custer's Revenge. You did not play the Atari 2600 game, Custer's. No, no, we played Nintendo game. Okay. But it's on this podcast. Anyone wants to go listen to it, go on Podbean, type in Fester's Quest. How the heck? No, that, that game that was never have gotten on Nintendo. <laughs> Fester's Quest, yeah. Adam Family Fester. Custard's Quest about. is what I Or Custard's oh, Revenge I, is what I said. Oh, you said Fester's <laughs> Quest. Never mind. Go listen to my episode, because somebody should. 
Tom. Yeah, it's actually a decent one where they, they trash on Fester's Quest. But yeah, uh, that one is still listed as one of the ten worst video games ever made. Oh, gee, I wonder why. I think it's number three. I was surprised that number two was E.T. What's number it got one? Beat out Superman 64. Oh, okay. I really want to do that. No, you don't. Do. You do not want to do <laughs> Superman 64. Oh, a guy that plays that game all every, like, multiple times a year. So, yeah. What was that, Zach? Yes. <laughs> yes, Zach. <laughs> Must be a masochist. Does he force people to watch? No, he does it because of it's a long story. It's something to do with a bet, and then the guy passed away, so then he just kept playing it, and now it's just become a thing. He's even, he, he was even, even interviewed in Game Informer talking about it at one point. Like, he's been on this, he was on a game of Mom Found One of Your What You Playing episodes a long ass time ago, but yeah, he's been on the show once. Talked about it too, so. Okay. I don't remember a whole lot. I, I will respect if he's doing it in memory of a friend. He is, yeah. That's why he, and then now it's just becoming on, and now he's just, he, it's a comfort game now too for him. But no, I, I actually want to play just because I've heard such bad things. I'm like, I should play this and then talk about it. Any other thing you want to mention, Richard? No, not game? video game wise. Okay. Phoebe, do you have any other games? Yeah, I've got three more real quick. So I had a poll on Twitter asking what game I should play next on stream since Siren finally ended and Final Fantasy Rebirth comes out next month. I figured I'd do some game in between. People voted. They initially chose Yomawari Midnight Shadows. That game is not for me. I will try it at some other point in the future, but for right now, it's just kind of... It's very much what would happen if Silent Hill was made by the Disgaea people. It's the same art style, developer, same camera angle, but, God, I watched a reviewer talk about this game saying that it's the most linear one in the franchise, and I have no idea how, because the third chapter, all they tell you is to find this girl. They give you no indication on the map if something is blocking your way or not. They give you no indication of where she could possibly be. be. And the town is probably bigger than Silent Hill. I And then I was trying to go for a subplot, subquest in it, and the item wasn't spawning. I was just like, this is depressing me. I can't even figure out what's wrong with the game. The guy either lying to me or the game's glitching out, and goddamn. That being said, for the people who do Disgaea, wow, the tutorial of this game is fucked up. It just instantly starts you off with this. You are playing an elementary school girl, and the very first thing is, oh, like, I'm very sad. This is like a journal entry from her school. Oh, I'm very sad my dog passed away. So the tutorial of how you're learning to use items and move stuff around is you are going on this forest path and playing with your other dog one final time before she decides to do something that you can't stop once you start it and i was like oh wow we're doing this so i switched off of that game to play a different game i even asked oh is it okay if i switch from this and everybody said yes so i started a little visual novel called slay the princess and that is very much just there is a narrator you start in the woods there is a cabin in front of you down the path. Your job is to slay the princess that's chained in the bottom of this cabin. And depending on your choices, crazy cosmic horror stuff goes down. If you're a big fan of Stanley Parable, it's that same type of thing where different loops and restarting the game actually has an effect on the plot. The average playthrough, I think, is about three to four hours, and I plan on 100% in that game. That It's... Super fun and super interesting. Yeah, the it final sounds game, cool. I wish yeah, listed after game, you mentioned it. 
I have on my list is Half Minute Hero 2. Like the first game back on the Xbox Live Arcade, this is very much a series where each level there's an evil lord. They are doing their ultimate doomsday world-ending spell of destruction, but it takes 30 seconds to cast. And so within those 30 seconds, you have to level up your character, buy equipment, and try and fight the final boss. But your partner was with a goddess of time. So in villages, time stops and you can pray to her, her statues and pay money and she will reset the timer. So every level is very much a full Final Fantasy game within 30 seconds or more. It is super. Yeah. It's super fun. I like the first game the most, though. I don't know if the second game is going to do what the first game did. It seems very open world, multiple level structures and quests within each map. While the first game was you complete a level and then there's a level select screen that's a map. And so you could actually bring equipment from future levels back to a previous level and kill the boss faster. Like in level 20, you might get a, a spear that instantly kills dragons. And level three's boss was dragon. So you kill it instantly instead of leveling up and stuff. And that goes down a completely different story path and a new branch on the map opens up. I'm kind of hoping something like that happens with the second game, but so far it doesn't seem like it. I remember Half Minute. I think Half Minute Hero was a PSP game at one point. It was a PSP game. Okay. <laughs> and then they ported it to the 360 and it was super fun there. And now the sequel is a PC exclusive because the PSP is dead. and the ps vita's dead too so yeah which is sad because the vita had a lot of great games but a lot of them got ported over like dankenrampa i can't wait till vita can be emulated on like a steam deck or something i cannot wait for that is it not available yet no not really it hasn't they haven't gotten emulation down yet for that one wait does does the steam deck have a touchscreen the, the front is a touchscreen, yes. Okay, because I know the back of the Vita was. That's why I had to ask. Yeah, no, just the front of it is. So, I mean, it would be different, but still, I just, I, I, I mean, the system's dead. I want to be late, so. Fair. Yeah. Same with Xbox. It's... Xbox isn't really there yet, nor is 360, but it's getting there for both. I mean, the yeah, she... Vita was a really competent console. It's sad that it went the way it did. Because it was better than 3DS, so... Not for sales, of course, but I think it's a better system. That can be debatable. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. I mean, while you will diss Nintendo any chance you get, Mike. Mainly their price structure, but yes. Yeah. Let's face it. They were very with it when it comes to their technology. They didn't necessarily rush to get, quote, a color system out there because there were certain things that they knew they had to work out first, which is why... Some of the other color, the color portables that came out so early in the run didn't do so well. I mean, let's face it, Game Gear was literally a battery eater. And if you catched it in the wrong light, which was most light, you couldn't see a damn thing. I know. I played it actually okay, when I was a kid. I knew someone that had one. The original Game Boy Advance is the same way. Yes. Oh, I had the original Game Boy Advance. But they worked on it because, let's face it, before Game Boy Advance came out, they had Game Boy Color, which was just the next step. They managed to get the color scheming down so they could get past the four shades of green. Then, then they did the Game Boy Advance so they could add more controls and all that. And eventually we went to the DS where you had two screens and then you had the 3DS, which allowed you to have 3D, true, uh, uh, very decent 3D effect to it. 
to the games. And then we moved on to merging the console with the portable, and you got the hybrid of the Switch. They took their time. So, I mean, not that I'm not knock all these other game systems. I mean, uh, Turbo Graphics tried the portable market, but again, because their system was so so expensive. Well, that's the one thing. Turbo Graphics was actually designed. They they really did try and design a system that. Hey, you want the fun of your favorite arcade games? Just save it on this card. Take it home. Plug it into your Turbo Graphics at home. You know no, that's the Neo Geo. No, Neo Geo, that's right. That's Neo right. Neo Geo Pocket Color. Yeah. No, no and the Neo that. Geo. And the Neo Geo. You're right. My bad. <laughs> Those My real. brain fried. <laughs> I'm old. Staring down the barrel in 40, uh, 49 in a few weeks. So, I mean, I'll did you have any other games to mention? Uh, that's all I have. Sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Uh, okay. Kyle, did you have any more games to mention? Sure. Well, because of... I don't know if anybody else has been tuning in this week. But because of AGDQ, or Awesome Games Done Quick, there's a couple of games I saw during the speedruns that actually kind of ignited some nostalgia in me. And it's making me kind of want to, you know, go back and replay them again. And one of them that I... I gotta say, it was my favorite game of that year. I saw the speedrun for the Resident Evil 2 remake, and I, I gotta admit, man, watching that speedrun, I think I want to play that again, because I loved that game. That was that was legitimate my game of the year of that year, of 2019. Like, that game fucking kicked dick. Like, that game kicked ass. Now you're gonna play it the way that he did, right? <laughs> I don't have that kind of skill. Like, how did he play it? I'm, I'm gonna die a million times. In mode, no damage. Yeah, oh exactly. I should watch that. Yeah, yeah, please do. They're great speedruns. Um, I love awesome games done quick. I just haven't watched any this this year yet. It's all up on YouTube already. So if you want to, you know, check out some runs, go right to their YouTube channel, and there you oh, go. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't think I have that kind of skill. I'm gonna die a lot and swear and be like, I'm gonna yeah, don't don't ever do what they see. I mean, that's yeah, way too much. I'm gonna get a grenade launcher and fucking shoot some zombies. But like, I love that game. I think it's fantastic. Like, if you want to re- like, if, you know, if you want to remake a game, that's how you remake a game. And yeah, yeah I, I gotta be honest. Uh, one of my one of my things. I think that's calling my name later this month or you know, into February is probably Resident Evil 2. And at the end of January, something that I'm also pretty excited for, I don't know if any of y'all are feeling this, but it's the release of Tekken 8. And I'm really excited for that. Yeah, that's really good. I'm a little worried because, uh, especially since I'm in Canada, game is $90 Canadian, so Holy that's going to be a hefty buy for me. If I can, you know, put some... If I can put the, you know, my quarters together and everything, I might be able to get it and still, you know, like, afford shit for the month and everything. So I'm going to see what I can do. But if I can, well, my my birthday is also in, in March, early March. So I don't know if I can't afford it at the end of January. Maybe I might see if I can get it as like a birthday gift or something. I don't know. I'll see what I can do. I'm sure I'll be able to get it. But yeah, um, I am super hyped for Tekken 8. I, uh, I love Tekken 7. I had a blast with it when I played, uh, and I still play it occasionally. I've been meaning to buy it on PC because my, you know, really good gaming PC, but I had it on PS4 for the longest time, and I loved it. But yeah, um, Tekken 7 was uh, was just fantastic, and um, 
I played the demo for Tekken 8, and I uh, I really loved it. I had a blast with it. Um, I think Nina might be my new favorite character. Like, she was really fun in the demo. So, yeah, when Tekken 8 comes out, I'm going to try my best to see if I can get a copy. I'm really excited for it. Let's see. What else have I been playing much of? Uh, well, I think... Oh! Yes. I've been, I've been actually doing a little bit of an experiment. So, earlier in 2013, late 2012, there was this really cool announcement of English fan translations. Um, I can't remember the, the, uh, the, translate, the translator crew's name. I think it's DDDS translations or something. I can't remember. Anyways, they actually did a translation for the first four games in this uh, obscure action RPG series called Super Chinese, Super Chinese World. The first three games are on the Famicom, and the fourth game is on Super Famicom. And they also translated the Super Famicom games as well. The Super Chinese series was developed... Yeah, the Super Chinese series was this really neat uh, series of RPG games that are also beat-em-ups. And they're really clever and really fun. And I actually played through and beat the second Super Chinese game, which was the first game we got over here in North America called uh, Little Ninja Brothers. Well, I've been doing an experiment recently where... I am playing through both Super Chinese 2 and Little Ninja Brothers, our version. And I've been playing both versions just to see how different they are from one another. And it's been an interesting experiment. And I noticed it, especially for the North American version, the random battle generator is really jacked up. Like, the Japanese version, you can actually, like, cross through, like, a, a small portion of the map without running into a fight. Like, you'll run into fights, but, like... It's ridiculous. I, sw- I swear in the American version, like, every five steps or so, it's a, it's a fight. and it's, it's, So you don't rent it. Yeah, and, like, even on the easy mode, because there is an easy mode in both the Japanese and American versions, but, like, even the easy option in North America is jacked up, and it's just, it's sad, because the, the, the Japanese version is a really, really nice little playthrough. Plus, it's one of the very few... JRPGs, that's, get this, a two-player co-op, co-op game. Mm-hmm. As you can have, you can fight a big boss in a, like, a Japanese role-playing game, like, status screen, like, as in a fight, and you can play with a friend. You and a friend can play together in a JRPG. That's amazing. Like, holy shit, I love that. And, yeah, anyways, I've been just doing little experiments with the series and playing their English and Japanese counterparts for some of the games that came out over here. And it's, yeah, it's been really interesting. It's just like seeing what they changed in the difficulty and seeing like if the translation is like really that good and seeing what they could do. And yeah, it's, it's been a fun little experiment. Okay. Right. And I think that's everything for games. We're going to go on to TV shows and movies. So I have a couple things I want to mention quick, or at least let me pull up my list. Uh, one thing I've been starting to go down a rabbit hole with watching YouTube documentaries about YouTubers. Like I watched one about Nostalgia Critic. I watched one about Pro Jared. That was actually very interesting to hear like what Ashley, like the stuff about it. And, and one other thing I want to mention real quick is my furnace went out oh, about a week ago. That was fun. And I live in Minnesota. And it was like negative three degrees outside, and we had no heat for a little while. And I was not happy. 
It gets cold, by the way, in a house where the furnace goes out. God, this yeah. winter chill that we're in right now just sucks. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Speaking as someone who uh, who lives in the Canadian Midwest, uh, yeah. <laughs> and Which, by the way, uh, Mike, we also went through a really horrible cold snap. It, it was fucking awful. It was horrid. Like, I am so thankful that my apartment's heating never went out. And, like, even with my apartment's heating, I had to use a spare heater. It got that cold. It's just, I hate this crap. I hope it gets, it's just too cold. But I get it. I agree. I'm not too fond of it. Oh, shit. I just brought up my current weather. (laughs) It's negative three out here. Well, we have 18. Now, where I'm at, we are at 18 degrees Fahrenheit. Eight currently, and earlier it was negative two. Feels like minus four. Yeah. Too fucking cold. We live in an apartment with like one of the worst water heaters ever. You get a 10 minute shower and that's it. I'm surprised you don't live at that that place that you go to every day. Fucking if they could, they would. (laughs) They have the space to put in bunk beds. The only reason why they don't is because it would probably be an OSHA violation. Phoebe, you wouldn't want to rent a room above above where you, where you work? Just, just, uh, just, you know, get off your shift and go upstairs, take a good I nap and go back to work? I will fucking kill you, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Richard, what is some stuff you've been watching that you want to mention? For me? Let's see. Well, I've been going down. I actually went down a rabbit hole here. I was one of the YouTube channels I found. Sort of like animated stories of people getting back at uh, someone who really deserves it because of the bad treatment or stupid things they did called Trouble Busters. I get a good laugh out of some of them, especially, but I get shocked by some of them, too. But also been watching some uh, some British game shows on YouTube. Watch this one. Not one I would watch regularly. It was called Tipping Point. I sort of liked some of the concept behind it using those. Like a giant version of those arcade machines where he pushes the coins down, if you know what I'm talking about. Oh, the classic arcade machines? Yeah. Where the, co- you know, you dump the coin in and then it hits a point, the thing pulls back, knocking some down, da- you know, pushing some towards the front where it knocks them down and they pu- it pushes them and it pushes hopefully others over a ledge and get to, you win those coins. Yeah, it's a clever idea, game show wise. Not sure it's one that would keep my interest, but another one I saw, which I found out is still running, is a British game show called Tenable. team of five people goes on. Each one takes on this board. They have to get at least five answers on the board to earn money for the team. And it's kind of fun to watch because some of the questions they ask, yeah, some you won't know unless you're British, but others is like the 10 number best picture winners of the 1980s and also it's kind of neat because i like one thing i like about it is that the host is warwick davis that's cool oh, nice yeah he's he's got a good he's got a good personality for a, a game show host and it's, it's it's a very interesting show i mean uh i could see it being a hit over here they do it right i mean the trick of course is one the team has to of course accumulate money and then they have to win it I mean, the first, the four people that play first, they ha- they can be eliminated from gameplay. The last person, when they're playing, they can add to their pot, or with each time they hit, like if they get the first five, get five, they can choose to bring someone back or take money and keep doing that. 
like the one guy, I'm going to have to bring her back because, let's face it, I'm of the age where I'm going to soon be looking at a place, needing a place to stay because I need someone to take care of me. And she's the one who's got the who's who gets the say in that. But then in the final, the final round, they all take turns unless, you know, either getting an answer on the board or getting eliminated. And they must get all 10 to win the money. I mean, some of them I could see as being very easy. Some of them are kind of difficult, unless you know. I mean, uh, the one we my daughter watched it with my daughter, and we got we're like, really? It's like the first ten things in my favorite, sung by Maria in the song "My Favorite Things." No, nope. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen the sound of seen the sound of music many times. I know the song, but I don't remember. I no can remember the first five, and that's it. <laughs> but it's kind of funny to watch some of, you know, with some of those categories. But I also, just tonight, I know my daughter's watched pretty much every episode now that's up. We got to watch, I got to see the first episode of Has Been Hotel. Yes! And I could see they did some nice, ca- good casting choices for that sh- show. I mean, I could pull, I picked out Keith David right away, but... I have to give I gotta give Vizzy Pop and uh, and Vivian uh, enough credit on that. They went very good in some of the lore related to the un, to the Christian underworld and the Christian afterlife. I mean, you look at some of the th- the at some of the images of angels they had in that, and I'm like, oh yeah, you got the lore right there. One of them freaky ones with all the eyes and the rings and all that, and all those various wings and that. Yep, they're doing it. So you only watched the first episode? I only got through it today. I, I, uh, I, my work schedule has changed, and I gotta be more on the phone. Also, have to have a, both my screens in use. So you know, I gotta get used to that. And has been hotel is not necessarily something I need to uh, worry about pausing when I get a phone call. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, man, I watched all four episodes yesterday. It was absolutely worth the five-year wait between the pilot and this. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do have to, I'm going to be watching more of it, of course. It's just, you know, I can't... Right now, as I'm still getting used to it and still adapting to pretty much got to keep the screens full screen the whole time. So I can't necessarily bring up like a, a YouTube video and watch it because or anything like that. Because, one, I'm going to be... I'm on the phone more now, not chat. But, you know, I got to put my priorities like that. So I'm working around that. I just still keep, like, running podcasts, which (laughs) after all the weeks that I was dealing with it and all that and, you know, with the training and that, I got sort of backed up. And we know Mr. Mike here loves to do three episodes a week. And we never never keep them short. I mean, we get them, like, Like two hours. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'm a month behind on podcasts. You don't have to explain anything i get it yeah so you know i just finally got caught up this weekend and well no this past week i was also listening to some pure moods music too i haven't listened to that in a while but you know i gotta get caught up with the videos too. try and get ahead on the videos that can be tricky anymore <laughs> but yeah it's fun it i enjoyed watching the first episode my daughter's like uh we, you know find out at the end a somebody killed an angel which Wait. my daughter's like, you want to know something about the person who killed the angel? It's not one of the characters in the hotel. Okay. Do they know someone in the hotel? And she's like, yes. 
Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was one. So somebody Alistair, Alistair knows. And she's all, like, all I can say is there is a song in the fourth episode that made me cry. Mm. I mean, it's a. I love this idea. Oh, I also enjoy Hell of a Boss, too. So, And my daughter sort of got me hooked on that. So It's really funny that the spinoff show has been going on for, you know, a season and a half. And then actual main show is finally starting. Yeah. But it's not. I like it. I mean, they're, they're good series. I, I like the characters. I'm probably one of the few people out there in the world who doesn't necessarily see uh, Luna as a sexual object. <laughs> or doesn't see that part. I mean, I like her character in uh, Hell of a Boss. I think it's the father in me that relates to it, too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I can... I, st- I love how they have their third wall breaking jokes to or fourth wall breaking jokes in that's in those games. Or it's, that game shows. I mean, even in the pilot, it's like, you know what kind of sick people are up there? And they all just look out. This is one of the best ones. But yeah, I'm, I'm in, I, I have to watch more of it. I can pretty much, I mean, let's face it. When I saw the angel dead, I thought one of two things. One, demon actually did it. Two. Angel did uh, so they could kill more demons. Okay. Can I say my theory on what's going on with the show? Sure. So Adam says that we're going to be pushing up the extermination because we really love having fun with it. And clearly there's an ulterior motive on one of the angels was killed. I truly believe that he is the leader of the extermination because he got cucked so long ago. (laughs) And he's still salty about Lilith leaving him. Wouldn't be surprised if that's a th- that would work. It does twist the uh, that does put the story twi- put a nice little twist on the story of Lilith, which I've looked into from time and time in my life. I just realized, Mike, how much do you know about this show? I don't even know what show you're talking about because I okay. stepped away. So. Should we explain to him what has been Hotelus? I can look it up, but okay, you're good. I'll look it up. <laughs> it's really good. You should give it a try. Oh yeah. Mm. Do you have any... Well, he's heard me talk about Hell of a Boss, too, so... I saw the animation. Nope, I'm good. Hey, I'm, I love the work... The Retail Workers Anthem that ha- as it has now been dubbed in, he- in Hell of a Boss. Ep- I am playing that episodes. when I quit my job on the intercom. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I would love to do? If I could pull it off and get lucky well, Phoebe, enough. Will that be... Then you'll play it, then you'll go upstairs to your bunk bed and, and lay down? I'm cracking my knuckles right now. (laughs) Okay, I was going to say, to be fair, the day before Christmas vacation, I played the first 30 seconds of Last Christmas by Wham! on the intercom, so I left everybody (laughs) with a Wham! (laughs) But, I mean, let's face it, I'd love to put it, I'd love, this is what I would love to do. I would love to take two-minute notice. And have it as my song of choice to perform on America's Got Talent. Oh my god, please do. <laughs> I could just see somebody trying to run run for the censor! Censor! <laughs> <laughs> I love okay. that song. It's so good. I play it even for my father. He says, yeah, that would work. <laughs> I mean, they're, he's, he, they're right. There are people who probably have wanted to say that all their lives. Or when they finally left their job and i cannot blame them that is just a perfect song especially after the retail hell that is the time the lead up to christmas Mm -hmm. you have you heard this song yet mike 
No, but anything lead up to Christmas, I'm with you. <laughs> That's all I got. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Mike, look it up. Look up two minute notice. Hell of a boss. You will completely agree. I love, especially in that song, it's like, it's like, I wonder what he, where they have Mammon saying, I wonder what he's, what he's singing about, what schmuck this song's about or something like that. And as, as Modius just pops his head, I was like, it's about you. Huh? What? And at the end of how it, that just ends, you can tell, you can just so many workers, you could feel their anger at their bosses in that song. And it's, I just, I just love to do that on a talent show competition live. And I, of course, I myself would censor the key words, <laughs> but just, I, I throw in the, the actions too. <laughs> flip off everybody. And I'd probably, uh, no, I just, it would be, it would just be perfect to perform that and have everybody singing along. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Anything else you want to mention that you watched, Rich? Or should I move on to Phoebe? Well, back to, we'll move back to Phoebe. Let's go to okay. Phoebe. <laughs> oh, Phoebe, what is something you've been watching? Oh, God. Okay, so I have two things to talk about before the, the big main event. First, as Kyle put it, Games Done Quick is this week. If you don't know what that is, somehow that is a charity event. It is a seven-day live stream over on Twitch where you get a bunch of the best speedrunners in the community to play their games for charity they normally do it during the summer and one during the winter awesome and summer games done quick uh the two that i have to highlight that i've seen so far i'm not much of a dog person i can admit this but there was a dog who speed ran gyromite or whatever the hell it's called for the yes. nes <laughs> peanut butter is the goodest boy ever and deserve deserves all the treats the other one that I have to point out is Go Go Hamster Chef, which is a super cute game where you're just playing this hamster who wants to cook for their friends. And it's very much like Overcooked with a, a plot. And I can't say anything more. You should just watch the run. It goes places. I want to pet peanut like butter. Minute long video. <laughs> I want to pet peanut butter and also give them a treat and then give them a kiss. Right? Like, I don't even, like, I'm scared of dogs. And that dog is big to me, but goodest boy. Yes. Then there was, I watched on Disney Plus, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Okay. Wow, the soundtrack to that show is super good. And Lawrence Fishburne as a version of Beyonder is perfect. But this show will not be for everybody. But I can't recommend enough that you give it a shot. Unlike the other show I watched on Disney, oh, actually, because I watched two shows on Disney Plus besides that. I watched the the, uh, the Percy Jackson show that's going on so far. I have never read the books. I've never seen the movies. I did not grow up with this. The show is surprisingly good. Uh, was... They have they have WWE's Edge play a version of Ares, and he is perfect for the role. Well, now least... you go. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, at least now it sounds like they're doing something right. I mean, <laughs> although I haven't seen it yet, but I am tempted to watch it. I've actually read, uh, as part of my reading, I've read through all the Percy Jackson books. I've actually listened to an audio version of Percy Jackson and the Olympians, the Heroes of Olympus, the Kane Chronicles. I just 
right now, re- uh, reading-wise, I'm working on the last Magnus Chase book. So I wonder what they're going to pull with the rest of these. I mean, don't so get me wrong. I, I've i seen the casting, and it's... Let's put it this way. When I saw the casting for Percy Jackson, this version, I was concerned because... Have you read any of the Percy Jackson books? No, I have not. There has been one thing, like when they describe certain characters, and Annabeth has always been described as blonde hair, gray eyes. I think gray eyes. So when I saw who they were casting for Annabeth in this, while yes, it's more in line with her age at the start of the series, I'm obviously concerned about like one of your key descriptions. That always tends to, you know, I run into the, you know, I have that issue. Like, if you have a character or how they're already described, I start having that issue. If they pull it off very well, okay, I work with that. I, it's when they, you, you describe a character with certain traits and all that. It Honestly, could you see Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter series being anything but a ginger? Fuck Harry Potter. <laughs> 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 First no, off, but yeah, also fuck J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I agree. I, I will say, I, I I will say this. First, I can off, tell you right now that Annabeth is an extremely good actress who they picked for yes. her. And again, I don't know anything about the books or anything like that, so I don't know about the character description. But from what I've seen, she is a really good choice for what they're trying to pull off. That's very, and that's that's the key thing. I haven't seen the 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 one that's on Disney yet. I had my own reservations when i saw about the movies and that they're after reading the books these kids start off at 12 so having them being played by and by obvious 17 18 year olds oh god you're uh, in the movies you're obviously gonna have issues there wait none of them are 23 year old actors Mm, probably i'm sure they are but my point being you changed one of the core aspects of the of the books i mean I have not, like I said, when you have a book, well, book to movie, you're always going to have issues. One of the things they did somewhat right with the Harry Potter movies was they, well, Rowling was very involved with those, as she was also still writing some of the books at the time. But she was very, she would discuss things about what was going to happen in the books with the actors. In fact, she kept one of the, one of the biggest secrets of the books, the truth about Snape was only shared between her and Snape and 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 Rickman. And when they when a director said, "How about doing this this way?" he would openly refuse to do it because he knew the big secret was Snape. He knew the meaning of always. So, you know, she was uh, Riordan was somewhat involved I think in the movie, the first two mo- the two movies that were attempted. But they changed so many things, and I think that was a terrible thing to do. When I finally, you know, got to reading the books and then finally saw the movie. So, well, hearing the audiobooks. Okay. A TV series works very much better for some of these things. I mean, I've, I haven't watched all of the seasons yet of Lemony Snicket. I should really get back to that. Same. But, well, you know, my wife passing away didn't help matters on that. I get that. So, I think my daughters watched them, but, you know... That also had more involvement from the writer, David Handler. So he's had more input on it for Netflix, 
They worked with him, allowing him to add things that he probably should have put in the books. But of course, when you're first writing them and you add to the story and add to the story, it's easy to go back and say, oh, I should have put this in here and this in here and this in here. I mean, I'm rewriting some of my old fanfics and I'm adding more. I mean, I've had stories that were like this many, like literally double in size because now I'm adding more information that I added later in the storyline. I could never do that. I would just make it a new part of the same universe, which I have before. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I've added to things. I Well, to be honest, part of why I did it was also when I first wrote some of these stories like long ago, I had plan at the end of the fourth story for like a five part type thing that at the end of the fifth part, well, let's say bad guy wins at the end of the fourth story. Fifth story would have, would have started. They're trying to rescue, trying to rescue the captured members from the team. They fail. Those two members go nuts. They've been basically turned into one of the things they didn't want to happen and literally felt betrayed because of something they found out. And then, you know, literally become a unstoppable force. So that by the end of the se- by the end of those stories, the the offspring of one of the two members that were originally in, that sort of were in the group at that point, they're the one who comes back and undoes what caused the timeline to begin. Okay, that, that so it always gets weird when you're writing with timey wimey stuff. Because I will always call it timey wimey. Yeah, because but <laughs> at the end of that fifth story, but so now because certain things and I was too new at writing stuff like that. So that idea got scrapped, and I wrote uh, when I wrote the actual fifth story. It was sort of a condensed version. What is basically it took part after those stories, but undoing the timeline. It's like, hey, at the end of story four, this guy, you know, this guy won, and at the start of story five, it's like they're at this location talking with this time traveler who has undone those events, but of course, it still left a you know effect on the on the characters. Okay. So, you know, it's one of those. You rewrite the thing. And yeah, I don't allowing believe in that. Add- I'm with Phoebe. Just start making something. Yeah. Good. But I get it. I was like, Kyle's going to hate me because I have one more for this segment. <laughs> sure. No, feel free. Finish it up. Oh, go play, please. I get to rest my voice. The last one I want to bring up for this little bit, because I have like another 30 shows afterwards, I want somebody else to talk, is I watched the first episode and a half of Marvel's Echo. How is that? I'm out. Okay. I'm, I'm actually officially not the MCU, except for projects here and there. Okay, I, I get that. I mean, I haven't watched Loki. I haven't watched Echo. I haven't. I just kind of like, I, bleh. I have to fully spoil what happens to explain why I'm out. Okay. I uh, And I have no problem spoiling this show. So I don't want to be in this new, but and I haven't seen it, and I might watch it, so I, yeah. But sure, naturally, you know what? I don't give a shit. Go ahead. I was going to say, okay, so. <laughs> Echo is about a character named Maya. She first shows up in the Hawkeye show as one of the major villains. She is uh, an enforcer for Kingpin. Everybody knows Kingpin. Normal human who just runs the entire underworld of New York and maybe some other areas. Maya is deaf. She is an amputee. She has a missing leg. She has uh, a replacement leg. The actress is deaf and an amputee. I need to, like, get that through everybody's heads first to point out that Echo as, like, an anti-hero slash hero is an amazing, or could have been, an amazing 
role model for children born deaf, born with some missing limb or who went through some other incident. Would have been awesome to show her just kicking ass and taking names as is. Within the first five minutes of the first episode, they do this weird flashback. Bunch of people with indents in their body and runes in a cave system drinking mystical water. And then they come out and their skin starts peeling off to reveal new flesh. And they become one of the Native American tribes in America. And as soon as I saw that, I went, are they giving her powers? Are they just straight up giving her superpowers? I think she has powers in the comics, but I really don't know anything about her. Well, they don't show any powers in Hawkeye. They just show her kicking ass. And she's now an established character because she's in Hawkeye in a bunch of episodes. Yeah. But then the second episode, I'm halfway through, and she separates two train cars with her bare hand and has turned off the show. (laughs) Because Kevin Feige just couldn't let it go. You had a perfect, perfect role model for a whole bunch of different people. And then you just went, okay, but she's also a role model if you were born with powers and are Native American. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just let her be the character that she was and let her kick ass as she was. I might watch it at some point, but we'll see. (laughs) I've just been curious about the character. And now that I've looked her up, I'm a little surprised. I mean, she apparently debuted in 1999 in Daredevil. Mm -hmm. Does she have powers there? I have no idea. All species human. I don't mean anything. (laughs) I was going to say, they don't seem to make her human in this at this point. Which, again, like, they they show a first episode, they have an amazing fight scene where she fights Daredevil. And yeah. sure, he, he's an enhanced person, but her main villain throughout the show is Kingpin, who is not. That is not completely accurate. He is, he's human, but he's supposed to be known as being, like, just super, like, super strong and stuff. Like, that is from the comic. Yeah, he's... He goes toe-toe with Spider-Man sometimes. Like, he's strong. Well, yeah, he's... Uh, major spider-man villain in the 90s and in the comics sure but within the mcu they haven't established that he has any crazy powers he's just resilient and willing to take a hit because of the trauma he's been through he just keeps pushing through well fisk is he is a big character and that's one of his you look at fisk you see a big man like fisk your first thought is you're seeing a big heavy set man no rip a door off a car yeah he's strong that weight that's not fat that's muscle so he is strong he is very strong for whom he for what he is he is not a super powered being he's just he's muscle it's a deceptive look when you look at him you think guy goes to the big and tall store because he's <laughs> big it's like you you have one to think I could I could easily see Spider-Man quipping, shouldn't you be in a moo <laughs> <laughs> And Phoebe, there's another show that you have to mention that I really want to hear about. Oh, I, I was going to say, I have three other shows after Oh, feel this. free to knock them out. Okay, I have permission. We're doing Joe's Anime Corner. Joe's Anime Corner. Just, he's not here right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's pops like, hello! <laughs> right? That would be amazing. Love you, Joe. So, I have three animes. The first one is called Free Ren, F-R-I-E-R-E-N. It is about a 
I want to say she's 500 years old. She's an elf. She was part of the adventuring party that defeated the demon lord far back like 80 years ago or so. The first episode establishes what the tone of the show is because it's her and the adventuring party, the uh, the hero, the obligatory dwarf, the obligatory healer, priest, whatever you want to call him. And every 50 years in this world, there is a meteor shower. I call, say they're called the era meteors, like ERA. And they go to see them as a celebration party to defeat the sky. And she's like, oh, well, I know a perfect place to view this. I'll see you again in 50 years. Because to her, 50 years means nothing. And so the whole point of the show so far is her and a new party that is, she is slowly building are traveling north to find this place where you can actually talk to souls and everything. They call it heaven. But you'll watch an episode and it'll be 27 years after the death of the hero. And then the next episode is like a two year time skip. The whole point is that you're seeing these human connections, these emotional connections happen between characters, but with completely different ideas of how time works in a way. Because again, she's going to outlive all these people. Elves in this universe live for thousands of years. And she's building a party of like an 18-year-old mage that she's training that she's known since she was 10. So they have her join and then it'll be like an eight-year timescape for the next episode. So it's really interesting. It's really good. The second show I have to bring up is Pluto. I only got halfway through the first episode today. It is so far fantastic. It is based off of a manga that is a retelling of a story arc from the original Astro Boy. But it's done more as a drama and crime noir. You're not viewing it from Adam's point of view. You're following an Interpol detective or Europol, I think is what they say. Uh, But you're also seeing some of the key characters from the Astro Boy universe in different formats like what where i finished right now north number two who's known as monar and some of the cannons they're like a six armed beetle person uh he is currently a butler for a former composer who did a bunch of scores on movies and is now super rich and very jaded very blind and he's the the guy is telling him you're just a weapon how dare you you belong on the battlefield and he's just trying to play the piano. It's just like, you're a useless machine. Why are you trying to play the piano? You belong on the battlefield. And he's like, that is why I'm trying to learn the piano instead of just downloading the data. I don't want to belong on a battlefield. But meanwhile, there is a, the major plot going on, which is a murder mystery about the potential of a robot killing a human. And a bunch of other murders have gone down on both robots and humans, all connected to the enigmatic Pluto, if you know Astro Boy, you know who Pluto is. <sighs> and now we get to the main event. <laughs> <laughs> so you've been joking about this. and Yeah, I've been joking about this uh, in the group chat and with Mike. My, my roommate and I started an anime. What's it called? It is called Gushing Over Magical Girls. That just sounds like a hentai. Yeah, I was going to say, it was very etchy to begin with. I would like... I wouldn't say it's hentai in the same way that I wouldn't say that the tree scene from the original Evil Dead is porn. Because nothing gets shown. Except for, like, maybe a breast here or there. Until the newest episode that I watched before going to bed today to wake up for this. 
the plot of the show is magical girls exist, clearly. There is a girl lives in the city that is protected by three magical girls called the Tres Magia. And this high school girl is a huge fan of magical girls. She buys all of their figures. Her phone cover is one of like their outfits. She thinks magical girls are cute. She loves their attire, everything. So she gets visited by obligatory cute mascot car- uh, character number five, this little bat creature, who's just like, yo, magical girls? And she's like, yeah, magical girl. So it turns her into a magical girl uh, in the most revealing <laughs> outfit possible, like pasties and everything. And she's like, what? What is this? This isn't cute at all. And the thing's like, yeah, because you're you're the you're a villain. Wait, what? And so even though she has a huge thing for magical girls, she's forced to fight the heroes that she loves so much. And then it goes into very crazy pathing because her main weapon is like this whip crop thing. She can hit objects with it like a flower and it'll turn into a monster fucking Rita Repulsa style. Just anything can become a monster. And then stuff happens. <laughs> like, you can only say it's not a hentai for so long before you're just like, okay, haha, the comedic bondage is ending. Oh, no, the press is cut. And, yep, we're getting there. I mean, when, as soon as you told me the name, I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> no question there. That just, despite that, it is played completely as a comedy. I mean, that sounds like hentai too, so sometimes. I know that there are two other magical girls that join the evil side. The second, uh, the third episode introduced the second one. She is in a scantily clad military uniform is the best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I looked it up on Wikipedia. Yeah, Me too. I it to. is surprisingly a really good show. Hey, if you're enjoying it, you're enjoying it. I mean, hey. Yeah, I was going to say, hey, we watched (laughs) the entirety of Redo of Healer. There is no going back at this point. All right, and that was Uh, the last show you had to mention, correct? That was my last show, yeah. All right, uh, Kyle, what do you have that you want to mention you've been watching? Well, um, to start things off, since around early 2013, late 2012, I had been listening to a couple of podcasts from a dearly departed uh, acquaintance of mine. His name was Zach Burtsky, and he used to run a podcast called the Anime News Network Podcast. Well, I listened to some old episodes he did that I was a huge fan of, called the Revenge of series, where for the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, and the 2010s, he did a best of, he did a best of episode where it's a two-parter for each Revenge show. And what he did was he got a panelist of, like, the best anime critics around, and they all basically talked about what were the best anime of those decades. And that really lit a fire under my ass to, like, the kind yeah, that lit a fire under my ass where it was like, for a while, it's like, okay, I love anime, but I'm not watching a lot of it. And I'm like, do I love anime? And then, it, like, it kind of scared me because I've always loved anime. But, like, I've been kind of doubting myself and I was starting to scare myself. And then, once I listened to those episodes, that, like, lit a fire under my ass where it's like, oh, fuck, yes, I do love anime. I, I do. I really do love anime. So I decided to go on a bit of a passion binge of anime and just watch new stuff and watch stuff that I've always loved. Well, that been that had been going on throughout 2013 for me. And my latest 
my latest couple of anime things that I've been watching have been a uh, a very recent anime directed by a favorite director of mine. His name is uh, Morio Asaka, and he's a director for a couple of different series. He's done series like Cardcaptor Sakura, he's done Nana, he's done Gunslinger Girl, he's directed My Love Story, and he's also directed a a big popular series of uh, for a lot of shoujo fans called Chihaya Furu, which is a sports anime. It's a it's a card playing game where each card has some Japanese written on it, and you have to make like a complete like poem out of the cards, and it's a real life thing that happens in Japan. Anyways, I finished off his most recent series called My Love Story with Yamada-kun is at level 99.9. And this series is about a college-age girl who gets dumped by her boyfriend and she's really depressed. But she still likes playing this... Uh, her and her, her ex-boyfriend were big fans of this online video game, and she still wants to play. Well, after a couple of days of playing, there's a local meetup for players of the game in her neighborhood, and she bumps into one of the best players of the game. And slowly but surely, they both start to fall in love with each other. And it's a very nice and sweet series. The romance is actually, like, actually believable. The writing is really sweet. The characters are great. They're really well written. And I don't know what it is with Morio Asak, but that guy knows how to do, like, romance. That guy knows how to do characters. Like, every character you just... It's not that you just love them, like, you automatically love them, but, like, you really get to understand them, and then you love them, and it's so beautifully handled. So, yeah, I finished off that series, and I loved it. Great series, very cute, really charming. What else? I've been watching another anime series that actually is celebrating its 10th anniversary. It it aired back in uh, 2014. It is a series called, it's a a sci-fi comedy series called Space Dandy. Is that 10 now, years old? Yes, it is. Oh uh, my so God. that series is directed by a, a bit more of a well-known director named Shinichiro Watanabe. And he's done stuff like Cowboy Bebop and uh, Kids on the Slope and another really some other really cool shows and um, Carol and Tuesday. That's actually one of my other very favorite sh- recent anime is uh, Carol and Tuesday. It's on Netflix. Go check it out. It's also available on Blu-ray. Go check it out. It's called Carol and Tuesday. Anyways, so I have been watching, I've been watching for its 10th anniversary, I've been watching Space Dandy, and it's still just as great as ever. Really weird series. It's a lot of fun. It's very different. I love that it really plays with the the lovable loser aspect of the crew. Like, sorry, like Dandy is such a moron and he's such a loser, but you get, you still kind of root for him. And QT is such a cute little robot, and Meow is such a nerd. But you just, you love these losers, and it's it's so good. So yeah, I've been watching Space Dandy, and it's a great series. I'm gonna watch more of it, finish off the series. Another thing I've been watching, let's see, what else? I have also have been watching, uh, this, is, this isn't an anime, it's a live-action TV series. I'm actually doing a re-watch of it, because I've finished it already. But it's a short series. It's it's three seasons long. It's on uh, Disney Plus and Hulu. It's a television series called Reservation Dogs. I really love that show. 
one of the best modern TV shows out there, period. Just a fantastic series. I'm a big fan of Sterling Harjo. Great, great director, great writer. And a lot of the indigenous stuff really relates to me. I'm not indigenous, but like, I've grown up around a lot of indigenous people. And a lot of that stuff just kind of hits home for me. But yeah, Reservation Dogs is just excellent. Moving on, I've actually, so since late, late 2013, I decided for the 31st anniversary, I would do a series rewatch of Batman, the animated series. And I'm currently watching that. I'm just about finished with the series. I actually just finished off two recent episodes. I've got Batman in my basement and Vendetta. And both were great, really great episodes. I really like them. And then for some movies that I've been watching, for to celebrate its uh, 30th anniversary, I recently watched the Jonathan Demi film Philadelphia, a really good uh, legal drama, drama about a queer lawyer who gets fired at, because he has AIDS. Really powerful movie. Tom Hanks won the best Oscar for best performance in the movie, and Denzel Washington's also in it. He's great, too. Great, powerful movie. I really enjoy it. Really solid movie, just really powerful. And then, to celebrate another anniversary, because now uh, this movie is 20 years old, I recently watched Mean Girls, and I love that movie. Mean Girls is one of my favorite teen movies. I'm not the biggest Tina Fey fan, but, like, I think she fucking nailed it with Mean Girls. Mean Girls is hilarious. Lots of quotable lines. Just funny characters. Funny dialogue. Just really, really good movie. A really big fan of it. But yeah, Mean Girls is turning 20, so... And plus, the musical's out now in movie theaters, so... I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll watch Mean Girls again. So, that's a little bit of what I've been watching. I'm not sure what I'm gonna watch next... Probably going to work on some of the stuff I'm currently watching, like uh, Space Dandy and Batman. And I'll probably just go off from there. But yeah, uh, that's what I've been watching so far for the past month and a half. Okay. I have a couple things I didn't mention, but I'll keep it quick because I want to wrap this up. I watch, I've been watching Medium on Paramount+. Plus. I finished season three, four, and five, and I'm on six. That show is really damn good. So yeah, I've never watched it. it it's, worth, it's worth watching on Paramount. I've only ever watched one episode of that show. I didn't, I hated the pilot. I thought it was garbage. And then I ended up not watching that. And then my wife kept watching it and I got along like episode three or four. I sat down and watched it with her. And yeah, that was five seasons ago. So highly recommend it. Yeah, the uh, only, other thing I, sorry, what you say? No, the only episode I remember watching it had Kelsey Grammer on it as the angel of death, I believe. Oh yeah, that's a good one. That's a really good one. I also watched a Bubba Wallace documentary. He's the only black guy currently in NASCAR. That's Really interesting. That was really good. That's on Netflix. And for some reason, I have a weird fascination with, I watched season five of Car Rust to Riches. It's like about Gotham Garage, which is a, a garage in California. They make custom cars. I really like that show. I, I watch these seasons that comes out. It's on Netflix. It's fun. I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of it's probably scripted, but it's fun. So, and last thing to mention, uh, we can talk about if you guys have seen it. I went and saw Aquaman The Lost Kingdom in theaters. Nice. I, I enjoyed it. I know it. I'm sad we'll never get a sequel to that. We'll never get a trilogy, but, you know, I had fun. Mike, I actually can kind of relate to your car show thing because I fucking hate cars. Like, I hate vehicles. Like, I don't give a shit about so much of it. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. I love the shit out of, like, Top Gear. 
And I was addicted to Pimp My Ride. Like, I was hooked on those <laughs> types show. of shows. Like, I don't know what it was. I just, I got so hooked on, like, what could they make out of this? And, like, how fast can they go in this car? Like, I totally get that. But, yeah, that's that's everything I want to say. I think we should wrap this up because it's over two hours. <laughs> Somebody has to edit. <laughs> so, uh, first, uh, Kyle, where do you find you at? Okay, well, you can find me on uh, Blue Sky at chibiufo.bluesky.social.com. You can find me occasionally, sometimes on Twitter, at UFO underscore Canada. And underscore is the symbol, not the word underscore, like the, the symbol of underscore. Uh, and then you can find me in my weird, odd pictures of my life and fun things in it, I guess, and real life stuff. Uh, at Instagram, at ChibiUFO. And I, folks, um, I don't want to be rude or anything. I can't say when it's going to premiere. I have a teaser trailer out for it. In the next couple of months, hopefully my voice uh, gets better and recovers after getting through COVID, I will actually be starting my own, actually be starting my own podcast. Oh, good for you. Thank you. Right. So the podcast, sorry, uh, sorry, I'm sorry. And the podcast is going to be called the Unidentified Flying Obsession Podcast. Yes, the <laughs> UFO, the UFO podcast. And it'll pretty much just be me and maybe a, some friends occasionally and guests. And we'll just really shoot the shit about stuff we love. I know that sounds a little cookie cutter, but I have some plans for it. The, I just, I want to, you know, spread some positivity about stuff like... I know it's easy to dunk on things, and I appreciate uh, creative criticism when it happens, and I appreciate, you know, critics. But yeah, like, I just, you know, I want to I wanna gush about stuff with people. You know, I just, you know, I want to get to talk about stuff. So yeah, I can't put an exact date on when things will premiere, but hopefully within the this next upcoming year. So hope you hope you tune in, folks. All right. And Phoebe, where can people find you at? You can find me over on Twitter as the LP Princess, on YouTube and Twitch as the Let's Play Princess. I do have a blue sky. I don't remember what the hell it is because I will jump on to that once Twitter is officially dead. Uh, you can. <laughs> it's coming. We've been making that joke on this show now. Very, for very slowly months. coming. You can watch me play currently finishing Soul Reaver. Very good game. Like I said earlier, Slay the Princess until Final Fantasy Rebirth comes out. Virtue's Last Reward, Fallout 3, my first time playing through that game and doing a full melee run. And funny enough, like Kyle, may or may not be starting a podcast in the future with somebody else. We have talked about it. There's a name for it already planned out. I don't want to say it just in case somebody decides that's a really good name. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> yeah, don't do it until it's already. Yeah. I was the same way. We didn't announce our name until we started yeah, releasing stuff. It is a really good triple threat pun. Okay. And I'm very proud of it. <laughs> All right. And Richard, where can people find you at? Oh, you can find me up on YouTube, uh, on the channel Rich Kale, where I play through various games. I have stuff going up pretty much every day, premiering every day, where I'm working and reading through some fix and all that. I also have those fix posted on various websites like fanfiction.net, Archive of Our Own. And Comic Vine. So I've been busy. <laughs> Come check everything out. Check out the YouTube channel. Subscribe. I greatly appreciate it. You might find a game that you may not have heard of or seen before. You could check it out. Check out anything I play is pretty much uh, you get my actual 
reactions. Okay. Come check everything out. Oh, right. And if you enjoyed this episode or 550 other episodes of this podcast, you can find everything we do on Podbean. Go and you can search, just type in Star Wars, type in Batman, type in whatever you want. You never know. And <laughs> we do cover movies, comics, TV shows, all sorts of stuff, whatever people convince me to talk about with, or I convince people to talk about with. So check out our giant catalog. If you want to support the show, we do a Patreon. If a little dog vote in our Patreon poll, you will see in the link link in the show notes for that. Uh, we also have a, do, have a Discord. Please join our Discord. We're always looking for more people to chat with. You'll see a link in the show notes for that, too. I uh, want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro courtesy of Helena at Hell Has Fury. You can follow her on Twitch, TikTok, Instagram. You will see a link in the show notes to her link tree. Definitely go check her out. And want to give a shout out to Gamer Looks at 40 with Bill Tucker, who's been on the show many, many times. He started a podcast two years ago. Definitely go support him. And check out No Magic Fantasy Network podcast that I work with. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Threads, TikTok, YouTube, audio only. But you can find us on all those platforms. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Take care, everybody.